Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, our production of Gorkom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out big news. And today, you got 9.8 million reasons to watch or listen to this podcast uh, on Spotify or something like that. We got Andrew Morton back again. He's a CEO of Bloom Health Partners, trades in Canada under BLMH. For friends in the US, BLMH F, and for friends in Europe on Frankfurt under D84. Uh, you've already heard the headline number, but let me tell you, because a lot of you may have seen the number and you're tuning in to find out more. All you need to know about Bloom is they're a trusted, and they really are, occupational health and safety service provider. They're offering a network of top healthcare professionals and integrated laboratories for Fortune 500 companies, Hollywood productions, major sporting events, and music events. And more than just lip service, they've already announced, for example, before this one, January 18th, uh, announced the contract with the state of Texas for K-12 schools. That follows, that follows up on Alabama. That took place in November, so they're delivering. And then on January 31st, they announced, I'm going to read it, reports profitable fiscal 2021 with $9.8 million in revenue. Sometimes you just got to let the numbers do talking. Andrew, welcome back, buddy. Hey, great to be back. Thanks, George. Uh, before I get to the numbers, a, congratulations. I guess I speak on behalf of all shareholders when I say this. Uh, but B, before the numbers, how good do you guys feel about this result? Well, we feel great about the result. We executed everything we said we were going to do. Uh, you know, our Q4 certainly says it all, and fiscal says it all for uh, 2021. And what it really does for us, though, is really sets the foundation for what's going to come. You know, we, and we're already seeing results from that. We're already seeing new orders and new POs. We announced to Alabama and Texas, and we have a bunch of others we're in the works as we speak. So there's two ways I want to talk about the numbers. One is the numbers, mm -hmm. and then the deep dive, because I noticed something. So first of all, revenues. Let's, let's go through the numbers. Revenue, nine. I'm just going to round up for everybody. Revenue, $9.8 Adjusted EBITDA, $2.4 million. Cash on hand, $5.6 I mean, that's healthy on the revenue side it's healthy on the EBITDA side and incredibly healthy on the on the cash on hand side on the balance sheet that's great but those that, those are the numbers for July 14th to September 30th after the acquisition uh before the acquisition Roundhill Health Partners achieved 11.9 million in revenue for the six months previous to that and net income of 5.5 it's a little more than 5.5 for the six months before that. Should investors be extrapolating here when they look forward into what Bloom might be doing for fiscal 2022? Because to me, I mean, I put 9.8 and 11.9 together and I get a much bigger number, you know, approaching $21 million in revenue and a pretty big bottom line. Can we do that for 2022? That's a great question. Look, those are the numbers as reported. You know, the, the, the business acquisition report shows it. You know, the 11.8 is actually U.S. dollars. So that's about a today's exchange rate, 14 million Canadian, more or less, will be to round down a little bit. Uh, so we certainly did acquire, you know, a, a good functioning business. What we did to this is we, we took what was a functioning clinical business. We took our digital platform that came from the acquiring business. You put the two of those together, you've actually added value to that by adding a digital platform to this. And then also adding professional management you know, and, and more staff, marketing, and getting ourselves to that place where we grow to a bigger company. And now as a result, you're seeing you know, expansion. So Dallas, we expanded, we expanded Atlanta, and we expanded New York. So let's talk about where that financial success come from. And I'm taking your quote here. Our business with film, TV productions, Fortune 500 companies, and state school systems 
is providing a path to further expanding services and our client base in 2022 and beyond. So we know about a couple of the state school systems uh, and you've talked about in the past film TV productions, Fortune 500 companies, but sometimes you hear other small cap companies kind of talk about that, but they never really deliver. Uh, do these, should these numbers remove all doubt that there is real serious business being done at some of the biggest enterprises in North America that we would all recognize? Well, the numbers speak for themselves. Remember, that is, you know, the close of fiscal year 2021. I mean, since that time, we announced the school contracts, which are not on that number. Uh, we've also added some more productions, which are not on that number. Uh, and the other thing that really gets lost in some of this, because sometimes numbers are numbers, and it's been a fantastic result, is that this is all the launch pad for our business to expand into occupational health, other kinds of services, and the kind of things that really we've been proving ourselves to Fortune 500 in the testing world that have turned to us and said, hey, you guys did a great job in crisis mode. We want Bloom to come back here and deliver all kinds of health services to us, diabetes management, cancer management, stuff we talked about last time we were together. So this is really a baseline for more growth in more categories. When do you think we get to the point when we actually find out some of the names of these film and television productions or some of these Fortune 500 companies, or at least maybe some indication, something like Because I'm sure investors are starting to say, okay, there's serious revenue coming in. It's being done at great margins. Mm -hmm. uh, it'd be great to know who we're dealing with. And then part two to that question is, should we expect more growth? Because clearly you guys are delivering. That means your customers are happy and word typically gets out when customers at the enterprise level are happy. So can we expect even more expansion at that massive enterprise side? Well, there's definitely expansion plans and there's definitely ongoing discussions and negotiations with customers. We announce as we're allowed to, and we, we announce when the contracts are real. You know, Dallas, excuse me, Texas uh, and Atlanta, those are real we're, and they allow us to do so. We talk about Ozark a little bit and, and uh, we've been making a lot of noise about that because the folks at Ozark, the producer there, allowed us to talk about it. You know, the, and what we do love about the Hollywood community is Well, that's that, the first time we're hearing about Ozark here. Yeah, so yeah, so it's out there. Uh, and Ozark is one of the shows that we did testing for. The producer of that show, you know, he's, I mean, frankly, we want a very good friend in him because we didn't let him down, you know, and I, you know, our team jokes about this a little bit, at least in the testing world. Now, as we move on to occupational health, we really take that success with us because in the testing world, the unglamorous wins are we walk in somebody who frankly didn't have the science background and didn't have good labs, let them down, you know, false positives, false negatives, all kinds of problems. We walk in and fix those issues. And we, we've won a lot of friends as a result of that. That's kind of where some of this came from. But now the go forward is they turn to us and say, you, know, you seem to be a trusted medical supplier for various types of things. When I say medical, meaning clinics and all that kind of thing, what other kinds of health services can you bring us? And the evolution of all this is at some point when testing is over, which I don't think it's going to be for a couple of years from the sounds of things. If you yeah. look at Omicron and everything At least else, the next 12 months, they're going to keep testing at least. We're well, you know, we all know the Greek alphabet better than we ever thought we would as a result, unfortunately. But what's happened is because of the variants and that kind of thing, it just keeps on happening. To me, that just becomes part of a battery of medical services you provide a customer. And if you're tracking it all digitally, so they understand how many times people have been tested, plus how many people are diabetic, plus how many people maybe have been tested for cancer, maybe things like body mass index. And maybe even markers for things like, you know, mental health problems, where if there's some kind of therapy involved, at the very least, you know, a business owner can know right away, are my people happy? Are they healthy? And have they been tested? Would it be fair to say also, 
so yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned Ozark. That was a great surprise because I love the show. No spoilers. I'm halfway through season three, though, so I haven't I've caught up quite yet. But now that's something I can't tell you that's going to happen. So. But yeah, yeah, don't give me any spoilers. But would it be fair to say that you're not you're not a sunken expense? You're not a sunken cause. You're an expense to you know film and TV production specifically. Are you starting to turn into a bit of an ROI vehicle for them? Because the more time that you keep them on air, operating, filming, no pauses, because it's expensive to run these productions, you end up end up probably saving these film and TV productions money, right? At the end of the day, because otherwise they're terrified of they're terrified of shutting down for five days, but they still got to pay everybody, so they just bleed money every day that they're not they're not working. Absolutely. One very senior studio executive said to us flat out, you know, a, a shutdown for them in the 20 or 30 productions they have running at any given time around the world, the cost to them to shut down is anywhere between 200000 to $3 million a day. Yeah. So, so even the 3 million being the high end of a big production tour. So let's say you're saving guys, you know, Ozark, $750,000 a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just keep them up one week, a year, one week during filming that you save them. That's a three and a half, you're, you're saving them three and a half million dollars of potential damage. Well, we have one industrial customer we haven't announced yet that has crews that go in austere environments and they go quite remote. The cost of testing for an entire month is less expensive than an evacuation or a shutdown in one of the remote sites. Yeah, so that, them, and so that, and do you guys present that ROI now when you're talking to Georgecom Productions or you know Georgecom Inc, whatever the case may be and say, hey, George, we're not just an expense. That's an annoyance that you have to, but because of how we deliver the whole package to you, your uptime is, mu is, is much more likely to be, you know, to be higher as a result of us. And therefore, we're actually not costing you money, we're saving you money. Absolutely. There's total ROI, much like there is in operational health. You know, if they know their employees are healthy, there's an ROI on that because an unhealthy employee is not a productive employee and that's a cost. So it pays for itself. Uh in your quote, I want to also go on to this. You say, we continue to advance discussions with other large organizations. Um, how does your success, are you, when you talk to other large organizations, you know, the biggest problem is the first time a small company, you know, a non-national brand walks in somewhere, the first thing they say is who you're working with. Uh, how, how do we know we can trust you? Does your success uh, at Fortune 500, at enterprise level, even at Hollywood and film TV production level, allow you to walk into George Calm Productions and say, hey, we're doing work for Ozark and that and that and that. And, and the reason I'm asking that is, do you expect your sales at those large organizations to accelerate because you've got the track record to, to talk to, to talk about when you walk in? It, the credibility is everything, you know, and references are everything, you know, which what's happening now with organizations looking at occupational health services in general is now that they recognize they need to do this for all kinds of health conditions, they're going to start working with trusted companies and trusted vendors because they're now trusting us with their most valuable asset, which is you know, HR, human resources, people. You know, that's the most expensive thing you have is your payroll. If you can't take care of that, your operations are going to get out of control. So without question, because we've got these other successes, it just makes it easier. Uh, and what's also happened is because companies that just need testing for now are recognizing it's going to be a long-term thing for them. They're, you know, they're no longer interested in kind of fly-by-night types or pop-ups and that kind of thing. They're going to go with trusted people that have you know their own laboratories and their own science department. You know, because we operate labs in multiple cities, it puts us in a very different kind of a place. Do you think you'll be in a position to start offering guidance to the market at some point in the future? So, because there's two ways to look at this. One is, well, 2021 
was obviously still a big year for testing and all that. It might've been just a really good year and we're not sure how much of that carries over into fiscal 2022 or do, because you're more of a holistic approach, you're not just testing, right? You're the occupational health and safety partner. Do you think you'll get to the point when you can start providing some guidance to the market as to what your revenue might be for the year? Certainly, and uh, looking forward to making announcements around that. All right, so <laughs> I wasn't looking for guidance right here, but but more importantly, I guess what I, I guess what I was looking for, and, and I think you answered it, but maybe we might flesh it out is it's your 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 revenues, your sales are becoming a lot more predictable. It's not just a case of okay, Georgecom needs ten thousand tests over here, but we don't know if we'll ever get that order again. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it, is 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 that a good sign that the, that the Bloom Health business is now becoming more predictable as opposed to just one-off really big deals that you don't know if they're going to come back? Great question. Look, look, look to the announcements and look to the, the numbers. You know, good, solid fiscal 2021, profitable. A couple of announcements since in, in you know, much larger organizations in state school districts with stuff that we didn't have back in Q4 of 2021 or Q3. So that that's all net new business uh, along with, an environment where you know on the on the testing side, you know there hasn't been a slowdown. You know I think it's very very public. There's a lot of testing happening, and, and in many cases, uh, needs for multiple tests per week, depending on the industry, plus a real need for healthcare in general. You know what all of this has done is underscored the need for permanent healthcare solutions for companies. So all of that, if you look at the track, you look at you know last year's numbers, the business we acquired. You look at Q4. You look at you look you look forward. There's a lot to talk about in the next little while in terms of numbers and where we're going to go with this. But if nothing, our Q4 and our, and our fiscal 2021 numbers should indicate, you know, we are a profitable business. We're generating good cash. We're good top line. And that was only our first full fiscal year of reports. Yeah, if that was the first, and, and that's your quote also, we're thrilled with the results of our first full fiscal year. Uh, man, if that's your... If that's your coming out party, I can't wait to see the encore, Andrew. But for today, you know, instead of putting pre- it's like you won the Super Bowl. Instead of putting pressure on you and when you're going to do it again, uh, let's celebrate today with fantastic numbers uh, and congratulations to you, your team, even even the whole group at Round Hill uh, Health Partners. You know, you guys coming together has created a really fantastic company, and uh, and we can't wait to see what you're going to do in the next few weeks, couple months, and obviously through the rest of the year. Look, it's a lot of fun doing it and it's gratifying work. Thank you. To everybody at home, you've been watching or been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform to Andrew Morton. He's CEO of Bloom Health Partners, trades in Canada under BLMH. For our friends in the US, BLMHF. And for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under D84. Guys, you've heard the numbers. Sometimes the numbers speak for themselves and we don't got to say a whole lot more. So what you got to do now is decide uh, if Bloom Health Partners is going to be able to continue this, this success in this growing market that it's leading right now. So to help you make that decision, get to the company's profile page on Agoracom, where we give you a good thousand foot overview of the company to understand because it is a new kind of business that's been born out of the pandemic and morphing now into this complete solution. So that's there. And then head over to the Bloom website so you can do your deep dive due diligence and hopefully you found your next great small cap company. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and even leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel and never missing another great Agoracom small cap video.